Hello and welcome to Tradfest. I'm Ruth Smith. And I'm Kieran Hanrahan. And we're coming to you from our spiritual home here, the Oliver Singe and Gogarty in Temple Bar in Dublin. And we'd also like to say a very happy Bloomsday to everyone. The place here is buzzing despite the fact that it's barely past 12 noon. As you know, Ruth, I have many morsels to share with you and the world about Oliver Singe and Gogarty, after whom this establishment is named. That's THE Oliver Singe and Gogarty. Well, go on, Kieran. I'm all ears now and I have the, the pad and pencil here ready to take notes as well. Well, Oliver Sinden Gogarty made his living as a doctor, but he was involved in all sorts, including politics. Gogarty carried out the official autopsy and embalmment for a few friends, including... Michael Collins. Weren't they friends? Uh, yes, Ruth. Uh, they were close friends. Yeah, Gogarty even sheltered Michael Collins in his Eli Place home prior to his assassination. Well, some man for one man, that Oliver Singing Gogarty, the Oliver, Oliver Singing Gogarty. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be sitting here today in a bar named after him, and that's for sure. Well, we have a fantastic full show of Trad Without Frontiers, and we're going to dive into our exclusive live recordings with Karen performing Short Term Thing. There is a beach right by my house, and a strange sun in the sky. And a song that I don't recognize Whistled by a passerby And this country's not our home Though it treats us like its sons We are alone among the people here And weren't we the lucky one? Put away that scrapbook child Can't make yourself believe that you'll finish what you started here. You'll be home by Christmas Eve. And my brother's still at home And I ought to keep in touch But I'd only lie about it And it doesn't mean that much Though it beats just keeping home In a land that eats its young We should be grateful, friend That we got out And hold our Put away that scrapbook, child You can't make yourself believe That this is just a short-term thing You'll be home by Christmas Eve Scrapbook child 
you can't make yourself believe that this is just a short term thing. You'll be home by Christmas Eve. You'll be home by Christmas Thanks a lot. Turn there with Short Term Thing, a song that S.J. McCardle from the band co-wrote with Steve Wickham from The Waterboys. Wonderful vocals there from S.J. McCardle, lead singer with Kern. Coming up, we have Eleanor McAvoy, a major force in Irish music and Irish life, really. She played a sold-out gig for us during Tradfest at the Pepper Canister Church, and we've got two songs from her and an interview recorded by yourself, Ruth. It was amazing to meet her, Kieran. I got to learn so much about her and her musical life, but let's have a listen first to Harbour by Eleanor which she introduced on the night with a great story I have to tell you a funny story uh, on my German tour, the, the previous German tour something happened which to me illustrates the difference between the German people and the Irish people in the middle of the sound check uh, the fire alarm went off in the venue and everybody stopped what they were doing and left the building <sighs> and I got back to Ireland and exactly the same thing happened a week after I got back to Ireland. Uh, in the sound check, the fire alarm went off and everybody just sat there and went, bloody fire alarm. <laughs> Would somebody switch that off? And I, I said to a friend of mine, I said, you see, this illustrates the difference between the German people and the Irish people. And uh, my friend, who's an Englishman, said, no, Eleanor, this doesn't demonstrate the difference between the German people and the Irish people. This demonstrates the difference between Irish engineering and German engineering. (laughs) The wind blows and hailstones are drenching these old clothes. I'm frozen and failing to see. Why everyone's out just to knock you and hurt you I'm aching from just trying to be Will you guard me, never let them harm me Reach your arms around me, will you be a harbour at my shoulder Always watching over, try to hold me closer Shelter me and shield me from the world From the world My faith has been fractured by outlaws and actors And others who've passed through my door Guard me, never let them harm me Reach your arms around me Will you be a harbour at my shoulder? Always watching over Try to hold me closer Shelter me and shield me 
upon me Reach your arms around me Will you be a harbor at my shoulder Always watching over Try to hold me closer Shelter me and shield me from the world From the world These hailstones Are so cold I harbor a hope as the rain soaks my coat There's room in your harbor for me Eleanor, you're just about to go on stage for your show. It's sold out here at, as part of Tradfest. And thank you for taking the time to chat to us. An absolute pleasure. I have to say one of the things I love about Tradfest is that you're not playing in regular venues. You're playing and they take over buildings, as you know, um, historic buildings that don't usually have gigs in them and often venues that the public don't get a chance to see. And from my perspective, that's interesting because you can do stuff you wouldn't normally do in a concert hall or a venue. It lets you play around with stuff. Speaking of history, um, your most recent musical project, you delved back into the 19th century poet, uh, Thomas More, the much-loved Moore's Melodies. A huge body of work to start to investigate and to breathe new life into. Did you enjoy that? I loved it because it's completely different to what I normally do. You know, usually I write my songs. But what I wanted to do was... His, I loved his songs, but I hated the arrangements. I didn't like the schmaltzy versions, and I, I didn't like the fact that most people thought they were really unhip and really uncool. Because to be honest, they were. You know, the versions that were out there were a bit dated. Well, it was that kind of parlour music thing that you know it was limited to that idea of what Ireland and Irish le- melodies were. You're so right. It's the there was the parlour, and I wanted to get it the hell out of the parlour, and I wanted to get it onto the iPod. That was what I wanted to do to take to make it more modern. Yeah, I think you did it very successfully. Thank you very much. It was, it was a bit of a risk, you know. You, you'd, you'd a lot of like six, eight time signatures, and you know that you had to maybe change, and I changed them into four, four, and put drum loops and stuff behind them, just to give them a more modern feel, um, whilst enhancing them. I hope. And looking back at your career and your ed- musical education, you're well equipped to do all of this because you started life. I mean, I know you began playing piano was it at the age of four and then you picked up the violin and then you took the classical route because you you trained in house five and trinity i'm a graduate of house five myself so i followed your career eleanor um and you you obviously played as a classical violinist for a while with the symphony orchestra what was it can you remember what it was that kind of spurred you on to kind of venture into the murky world of singer songwriting <laughs> I can. Well, people think I came out of classical, but actually I loved pop radio as a child, so I was always into writing and songwriting. So that was going on in the background. But like yourself, went to House 5, went to Trinity, and then thought, God, I have to make a living now. How am I going to do that? And I thought, well, maybe I could get into the symphony orchestra. So I kind of brushed up the fiddle playing a lot and took it very seriously. And uh, auditioned there, got in there, worked there for a while. And one day, I I can actually remember the moment I walked into work one day and uh, there was a guy who had been at the front of the orchestra many years ago, leading the orchestra. He had been moved back to the point where he was now sitting beside me, the young, you know, 
whippersnapper never at the back of the orchestra. And I remember thinking, God, in every other job, as you get older and you move, you move up the food chain. You know, you you you're respected more, and of course your fingers start to go as a musician, and you start to move back. And I thought, God. I thought, Eleanor, give the singer-songwriter thing a shot. If it doesn't work out, you can maybe audition and try and get back in. But, you know, it's worth a try. So, And as we know, one of the biggest, the best-selling albums, you were a pivotal part of it in 1992, A Woman's Heart. That's right. I wrote a song sitting in my bed sitting in Rap Mines and Lower Rap Mines Road, a house full of lots of musicians, number 36, Lower Rap Mines Road. And uh, uh, I wrote that song, A Woman's Heart, and uh, Mary Black heard it. I was uh, playing in her band at the time as a session musician. And uh, her husband rang me the next day and said, look, Mary really liked that song. How would you feel about her duetting with you on it? And I thought, yeah, it'd be great because, you know, Mary was huge at the time, getting a lot of airplay. And I thought, yeah, it'd be really great. So uh, we did it together thinking it was, I remember Joe saying, God, this could sell 3,000 copies kind of thing. And there was, really, do you think so? It was a project, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a big deal. But for some reason it just took off, yeah. It is quite incredible how, like you said, you know, a song written in a bedsit in Rathmines can connect with some kind of swell or some kind of need in society. And obviously it spoke to a lot of people, not just women, but in general, not here only, but across the world as well. I think... Ireland was a different place back there and then, though. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sure your experience in Trinity was very different to mine. When I was in Trinity, you know, there was no contraception. And it wasn't just that it was hard to find or hard to get. It was illegal. Yeah. It was illegal. If you sold condoms in Trinity, the student union shop did, you were, you were put in prison, you know. So I remember, actually, because I used to travel from Galway to go to the Royal Irish Academy every Wednesday. And I remember when the Virgin Megastore started selling condoms. And I must have been like 12 or something. And it just, yeah, the combination of not only the name of Virgin Megastore and... Yeah, <laughs> I just, it blew my mind. Yeah, so it was a different place for women. It was a harder place, you know. Um, you know, my mother, you know, had to give up work when she got married because the marriage bans, she wasn't allowed work, you know, um, the civil service. So, you know, women weren't allowed to sit on juries in my lifetime, you know. It, you know, so, it, you know, it, it was a different time. You're a wonderful example of regardless of your your gender your work ethic the fact that you have such a, an incredible output artistically but you now also are in a position to help other artists um as the chairperson of imro you were elected uh in 2017 your personal insights into the career as a musician as a songwriter um across all different types of genres how do you feel that that's fed into your position now making kind of strategy and looking at policies and trying to, I suppose, help to influence what's happening for musicians who are trying to earn a living? Um, well, first of all, I have to say it is an honour. It really is an honour. I'm very um, uh, humbled, I suppose, that songwriters chose a board that then chose me. Um, and I love it. I really do love it. And I feel very passionate about it, um, particularly at the moment, because it's never been harder for us guys uh, than it is at the moment. You know, it's not like it was 20 years ago. It's all right for me. I got a little bit established, you know, 20 something years ago. But the people coming out now, how the hell are they going to keep going? How the hell are they going to make money um, and feed themselves and, you know, get a house or a flat for themselves? It's all online, yeah. which would be fine if you were getting money from it. But at the moment, the Googles, the Facebooks, the YouTubes of the world, they're not paying. We need kind of good people fighting our corner. And our job, uh, the board of Imro, we're trying to find those good people and getting them to lobby government and lobby our MEPs and all of that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what we do. Is there something that stands out in your career as a massive highlight? Um, I think playing for Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton when they were over, 
was quite an emotional thing because of the peace process in Ireland, because of the part he was playing in the peace process. And I had spent so many years going up to Belfast when there was, you know, tanks and soldiers and there was a, you know, a border. And uh, and I think it's a huge deal that we got peace in our country. Um, and they, the Clintons played a big role in that. I know there was a lot of other people. Um, so that was incredible, playing for them outside Trinity College, where I had gone my alma mater. Um, and, you know, 60,000 people or something were there. It was, it was an astonishing time. And that remains in my head as being an extraordinary day. Actually, same sound man as tonight, uh, Paul Anger on sound, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just remember that very vividly. Maybe it's in my mind at the moment a lot because of Brexit, because we're all worried about Brexit. And, you know, sometimes there can be a temptation for folk singers to sing songs about women with dowries and, you know, uh, you know, yeah, from, from 200 years yeah. ago. And, you know, times have changed. And I think really the folk music of today needs to be looking at our banks, our government, our church, you know, and all that kind of stuff and say, well, you know, is everything all right here? You know, let's examine this and give out about it if it's not. Eleanor McAvoy, the light is very much still in your eyes and the light is still in your artistry. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us on Tradfest podcast. An absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Sophie cannot finish her dinner Says she's eaten enough Sophie's trying to make herself thinner Says she's eaten too much And her brother says, you're joking And her mother's heart is broken Sophie has a hard time coping and besides, Sophie's hoping She can be like all the other girls Be just like all the other girls Living in an ordinary world Just to fit in in the ordinary world Just to fit in like an ordinary girl Sophie's losing Wait by the minute How did things get this bad? Sophie's family They don't understand it They gave her all that they had And her sister won't stop crying Cause her father says she's dying Sophie says she's really trying Problem is, Sophie's lying To be like all the other girls Be just like all the other girls Living in an ordinary world Just to fit in in the ordinary world Just to fit in like an ordinary girl Just like all those other girls Living in an ordinary world Just to fit in in the ordinary world Just to fit in and be like all the other girls Be 
But just like all those other girls Living in an ordinary world Just to fit in in the ordinary world Just to fit in like an ordinary girl McAvoy there with Sophie and before that in conversation with Ruth she's obviously a huge inspiration to you Ruth. Well I, I think she's a huge inspiration to a lot of women of my generation because of you know the visibility that she she gave to female musicians with a woman's heart and, and what she has championed since both in her musical career and uh, with her work with Imro as well so yeah absolutely it was wonderful to sit down and chat with her. Do you know another interesting fact there? I went to Wexford many, many years ago to make a Cayley House programme with the local postman who's a piper and he had a gang of friends in and sitting in with the band playing her fiddle was Eleanor McAvoy. It was. She, she is a woman who has many talents and like you mentioned, you know, she can sit down and play the fiddle with a Cayley band. She's also trained classically. She can draw on all of these strings, if you like, and all of this experience, not only in her musical um, work, but also creating policies and, and I suppose giving a voice to musicians and artists in her work with Imro as well. She's certainly doing that on the international stage through Imro, but the great news is that Eleanor will be playing a special concert of her Thomas Moore songs at the opening weekend of Fla Ceolna Hearn in Drogheda on Sunday the 11th of August and of course there are many concerts scheduled for the Fla including Damien Dempsey, Martin Hayes and Steve Cooney, the RTE Concert Orchestra with Zoe Conway and John McIntyre, Karen are playing there, Fiona McNamara and Tim Doyle beautiful duet, uh, concertina and fiddle. Tim also an incredible piper. Kevin Burke will be there with his fiddle in hand and many, many more. And by the way, Kevin Burke will be coming to Tradfest in 2020. But I suppose one of the real highlights of the flyer for me is always the Senior Cayley Band competition. That takes place on Sunday, August the 18th in the Dome there and there will be some action. Well, there's tough competition in the Senior Cayley Band, isn't there? Well, there certainly is because the Blackwater are the defending champions and as we mentioned in a previous programme here actually on Tradfest, the qualification route to get to the All-Ireland, the county, the province and then to the All-Ireland. But if you're an All-Ireland winner, you don't have to go through that process. Mm -hmm. So you just come back and defend your title. The Blackwater from County Tyrone, an incredible, powerful a unit of traditional music they'll be there I'm sure because they like some of these other great bands do like to see if they can achieve the three in a row hard to defend your crown though I'm telling you well as you mentioned crown I think it's it's like the the competition of the senior Cayley band it's almost like Game of Thrones with instruments isn't it it is that as the drama unfolds on the night I see a few people there in the last few months taking pride in the fact that they haven't watched Game of Thrones and I'm going to include myself in that number. I've never seen it, but I've seen some good hurling matches and that's what the senior Kayleigh well, band there reminds you go. me the, of. The plot isn't that elaborate. It's good, bad, or, or sometimes good and good fighting against one another for the, for the spoils. So, it, you know, it can be diluted down to that. It can be good, bad or indifferent. <laughs> well, there you go. The good, the bad and the ugly. And you mentioned there about the Blackwater, you know, just getting st- straight through to the finals. We talk about, you know, we could start talking in hurling parlance now you know are they game ready will they be as hungry as the rest of them 
There's no question what I've found over the years attending that competition. I'm there every year because we record it for RTE Radio and we interview the bands and stuff, you know, around it all. It's like a little mini festival, really, at the, at the FLA each Sunday night. But the band that's defending their title you know that they're competition ready. They haven't gone through the build-up that the other bands... And you know, they put a lot of time... I mentioned, like, hurling, let's say, or football. Mm-hmm. They meet a couple of times a week. They organise their tunes. They put them together. They arrange them. After three or four weeks of playing, somebody says, Jesus, that doesn't go well with that. So they change it. So all this stuff is going on during the summer. For the likes of the Blackwater or the Chandram in previous years, the Kilfenora, all these bands, when they come back to defend their title, there's a sort of a purpose to their music. They're back and there's a confidence I think that's the difference they come back with a confidence they've already done it and they will be ready to defend their title well they're standing on their title absolutely Mm. and as you mentioned as a highlight for you for the FLA the Cayley Band competition does take place on Sunday the 18th of August in the Dome so back to more current events this weekend coming Friday, Saturday and Sunday is the Minnesota Irish Music Weekend and their slogan is tuning up the next generation and they're very much focused on classes so for this year's 2019 Minnesota Irish Weekend. So the visiting masters for this year's Music Weekend are the Freel Sisters who are a favourite here on Tradfest, Pauline Keneally on banjo, Randall Bays on fiddle, Christian Junior Stevens on concertina and accordion, and Brian Miller on guitar and bazooki. More information on the Centre for Irishmusic.org. I'm just going to spell that, the American spelling of Centre, C-E-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-I-R-I-S-H-M-U-S-I-C.org. That's Pauline Keneally, of course, one of the great Keneallys, originally from London, but I think their roots are certainly in the west of Ireland. She's living in the States, and of course you'll be familiar with Mick Keneally, fiddle player and bazooki player, all the one family, brilliant musicians, them all. By the way, Doolan in Clare will also be hopping this weekend for their folk festival this Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and this gets bigger every year, and the lineup this year is spectacular with Planet, Colin McAnumara, Martin O'Connor Trio, Noel Hill, Steo Wall, Tammy Crest, Desert Blues from Mali and the Algeria direction, Julie Fowlis and Zoe Conway, Derry Farrell, even though as a Clareman I'd be inclined to say Derry Farrell, but he does pronounce it Derry Farrell. Uh, really a man that is at the top of his game now in the folk music scene, and I think he's like a leading troubadour of the scene. A troubadour of the past, of course, is John Sheehan. He'll be playing there with Michael Howard. And Amika will be there. And an unusual Cayley band, and I don't know, should we even describe this, but the name of it is the Big Mad Horn Cayley Band. I know nothing about them or what to get up to, but they are one of the popular Cayley bands in Doolan. More info at doolanfestivals.ie. And I'm going to be making it over to Doolan this year as well. I'll be there for the weekend and doing my show live as well from there for Radio 1. So you'll be travelling all the way from East Cliff to West Clare you'll have to get the old green card and the, the, the visa stamped the whole lot the whole lot will, yeah, for sure uh, that idea of living in of course in Fecal there's a festival coming up there as well so you have that that's quite an amazing uh, set up for traditional music in County Clare during the summer months yeah well, I mean we spoke we spoke about Flanua you know it is such a, a a county that's associated with festivals we look at Lisum Varna you know and I suppose that's what Doolan is is doing now it's kind of recreating that um, that journey to West Clare um, where the music is still happening during the summers well as a mere youth during the 70s we made our way to Doolan that's where we when McCann's actually uh, opened up first they came to town we used to play a few tunes in Brogan's in Ennis we were just young lads having the crack around town and uh, Tony and Tommy McGann came to Doolan looking for a few musicians headed to Paddy 
Brogan, Ian Brogan's and Paddy Sets. A couple of young lads there from town. And from that, and we the rest started, is history. Well, we started <laughs> making our way to Doolan. Uh, at that time, I think Stockton's Wing hadn't even started at that time. So we went to Doolan every weekend for a few tunes. Tommy McGann or Tony would give you a loan of their blue Avenger car mm-hmm. to get back to town on a Sunday night because you'd have school on Monday morning. But you, Blue Avenger car, you sound like musical superheroes. Well, that's... Well, <laughs> That's what we thought we were, of course, at the time. But even at that time, if you think about it now, how Doolan has expanded, there was McGann's, there was McDermott's across the road, just over the bridge, and there was, of course, Fisher Street, and you had O'Connor's there. And O'Connor's, really, I suppose, where it all started out, and that actually brought fame to Doolan with the Russell brothers. Kieran McMahon broadcast from there. Gussie O'Connor himself, a great patron of the traditional arts down there at that time. He mightn't have called it that himself, but he was, certainly, had the entertained the... Russell Brothers week in week out down there and it was a fantastic place for a session there are some brilliant recordings from that time and it's just brilliant to see that tradition continuing and, and the journey still been made to Doolan and of course like you said you know this chance for people to meet and friendships to spark both musically and, and otherwise for the, the festival months as well well thanks a million to irishmusicmagazine.com for all their help putting this gig guide together and now an old friend of mine recorded live at St Mickens in Dublin during Tradfest and I leave him to introduce the song himself that's Jim Page Thanks a lot This is a completely different kind of a song and I don't know if this song will make any sense here at all but I'm going to sing it anyway This song about riding the buses Anybody, any bus drivers in here? Oh, come on, man, somebody, that's up, one bus driver. One bus driver. Any bus riders in here? Come on, raise your hand. Nice. Do you like riding the bus? Do you like having buses? All right, this song is called Everybody Thanks the Driver. Because most people, when they get off the bus, you know, I mean, in some places you pay when you get on, some places you pay when you get off. But most people, when they get off the bus, they say, thanks, man. Or just thanks, or thank you. And then they go on. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. The song is all true. <laughs> First time I rode the bus, I was hitching a ride. I was just a kid, flat broke. I got on board, sat down, I got warm, and across town we rode. Took me just about a block away from exactly where I was trying to get I said thanks, he said see you later and I still remember it yet And everybody rides the bus, everybody that's us Everybody rides the bus, and everybody thanks the driver Now this is a church, you know, and in churches people they sing these hymns and they sing hers too And they all get together and they sing songs and this it's a song you can sing if you feel like it, and it feels good to me anyway. Everybody rides the bus. Everybody, that's us. Everybody rides the bus. And everybody thanks the driver. I used to know exactly how much money I had by just looking in the palm of my hand. 25 pennies right down to the number, just like I had it all planned. And we'd sit up front with the driver. And we'd have ourselves a chat Smoke them if you got them when it's just us two We'd ride the line like that And everybody rides the bus Everybody that's us 
everybody rides the bus And everybody thanks the driver Sam was a driver and a juggler and a clown. He just loved to make people laugh. He had a heart attack driving on the viaduct with no way to get off for that path. He said, I need a little help with the wheel up here, whatever little help you can give. And all together they pulled it over, saving everybody's life but his. And everybody rides the bus. Everybody, that's us. Everybody rides the bus. And everybody thanks the driver. Now my friend Annette, she's singing the blues and she's blowing a harmonica too. But it's hard to make a living around here these days in this six-figure hullabaloo. So she drives the bus five days out of seven, on the other two she grooves. The wheels and the wherewithal, that's just how the world moves. And everybody rides the bus, everybody that's us. Everybody rides the bus, and everybody thanks the driver. So if you want my autograph Because you like the way I play the guitar Go ask a bus driver first Cause I'll never get you that far And everybody rides the bus Everybody that's us Everybody rides the bus And everybody thanks Everybody rides the bus Everybody that's us Everybody rides the bus And everybody thanks the driver Well, described as a very refreshing dose of Jim Page there, thanks to the driver, recorded live in January at Tradfest. And once again, another, oh, where did I get this? <laughs> phantasmagorical, it's a word I would use a lot in County Clare. Another phantasmagorical instalment of our My Heat podcast has zipped by. It route. has indeed, Kieran, zipped by. Well, before we go, I want to remind you that Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company and not-for-profit collective who manage and promote Temple Bar Dublin's cultural quarter. Don't forget to check out tradfest.ie to get your hands on the groovy t-shirts we're wearing. Don't they look great, Kieran? I thought the hat really suited you today. It goes well with that t-shirt, all right. It does, and you can check out all our sartorial greatness on tradfest.ie. Well, until next week's unparalleled episode of Tradfest. I'm Kieran Hanrahan. And I'm Ruth Smith. Thanks to you all for listening and don't forget to get in touch at tradfest.ie. Where do they get it? Thanks a million. Slán!